just because you are a real estate professional doesn't mean that your next venture or, or your side hustle or whatever else has to be in real estate. It can be tangential or it could be totally unrelated. That's okay. If, if there's anything I've learned this year in 2020 is that being diversified has been an absolute blessing because you can't predict what will happen. So the question is this, how do most agents who don't have access to the secrets the top agents in our industry hoard themselves, grow and prosper in today's real estate market? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. Hi, I'm Aaron Muchastegui, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Real Estate Rockstars, this is Aaron Amuchastegui coming to you with a very exciting episode today. Today, I get to interview Miss Lisa Song Sutton. Lisa has a really, really cool bio when I get to do the intro. It is not very often that I get to introduce somebody who is an, an entrepreneur, a real estate in investor, former Miss Nevada in the United States, former congressional candidate in Nevada's 4th District, and many other things. There's so many different businesses that she's involved in you know, as an entrepreneur and getting to talk about real estate and some of those other things today. Lisa, thanks for joining me. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So, the, so, so right now you live in the Las Vegas area? I do. Yes. Sin City. Yes. So the, when, did you get, when did you get into real estate? So I'd always been around it. So my parents, my father uh, was retired military um, and my mother owns a hair salon and some business ventures, but they got into real estate investing when I was growing up. They started in residential and then moved over to commercial. And so I think like most kids, I paid no attention to what my parents did growing up. <laughs> yeah. um, and by the time I was in college and then subsequently into grad school, I realized uh, that my parents were making some pretty significant real estate moves. And so I started paying attention. And so between that, coupled with my law school background, I ended up working for a law firm here in Las Vegas that to this day still does business litigation and business bankruptcy. And so I was able to kind of see firsthand, you know, when these assets go up for sale, I mean, you're talking raw land, you're talking residential SFRs, you're talking commercial assets, motels, I mean, all kinds of stuff, warehousing. And um, so it piqued my interest. And I got involved pretty much when I turned 18, I started kind of dabbling around with family stuff, did my first solo real estate transaction at 26. And then from there, I realized, hey, like this is this is something that I, I want to have in my business portfolio as an investor, as someone to be involved in real estate. So I got my license. Um, I was with Sotheby's for five and a half years and then brought the Christie's to Las Vegas. Oh, very cool. So the so I knew you're part of Christie's. That's a that's a big luxury brand. I mean, one of the things you were telling me off market is on that the Christie's website. I mean, those are listings that are at least a million bucks. So super super high end. And it wasn't in Las Vegas before you brought it there. That's correct. So, um, like I said, I'd started my real estate career with with Sotheby's, which is you know an, an excellent brand. Obviously, their roots uh, were in the Sotheby's auction house. And after five and a half years, uh, for me personally, I realized there was no pathway for growth uh, for me within that particular brokerage here in Las Vegas. And so I was talking to a real estate mentor of mine out of New York, uh, John Chang. He's amazing. Um, he used to own the Remax in Manhattan, like for decades. Um, the yeah. guy's a legend. And um, so I was chatting with him and um, 
he said, well, why don't you make a move? And I said, where, where would I go? I mean, Sotheby's is such a great brand. Where else would I go? Like, I'm, I'm not going to go to like Coldwell Banker, you know? And um, he said, why don't you go to Christie's? And I said, there is no Christie's in Las Vegas. And he was like, you better find out why. Yeah. So, <laughs> so um, I called Christie's uh, in Beverly Hills. And then they routed me to New York. Uh, that's where Christie's North America headquarters is. It's in Rockefeller Center in New York City. And they gave me a very Christie's answer. They said, well, we only enter tier one cities. Okay. Oh, okay. You're, you're <laughs> like, so what's is, tier one mean? Yeah. So this <laughs> is like several years ago. And, and I'm looking and, you know, I realized uh, here in Southern Nevada, your money goes very far. And at that time, our median sell price, I think, was $220,000 in the Las Vegas area. So needless to say, it didn't qualify as tier one for Christie's. And I said, well, look, maybe we're not tier one according to your criteria yet. But at that time, the Vegas Golden Knights had just gotten started. So we just got our first major sports franchise. The Raiders were still a rumor at that time. And I said, look, we're on our way to becoming a tier one city. So let me come meet you in person and tell you why you should get in on the ground level now. And they were just like who are you? Yeah. You're like, you're like, you're supposed to say no. When we say it's not a tier one, you're supposed to go away and you're not, you're not going away, Lisa. Exactly. And so I flew to New York and then I flew to London and, and I pitched Christie's and I said, you need to be in Las Vegas. Maybe we're not tier one yet, but we're on our way. I promise. And there's a lot of new, exciting development happening. There's a lot of growth happening in the city. Um, we're getting a lot of People who are moving to Las Vegas that have money that are coming from high-tax states like California, Hawaii, New York. So you need to be here. You need to get in on the ground level, and you need me to run it. And that was that was a few years ago. <laughs> that was a few years, and your and your pitch worked. So that's really interesting. You know, some of yeah. our a lot of our listeners as they go through different points. There's a lot of times people are making a shift from. Uh, from one brokerage to another, from one sure. brand to another. But this yep. is the first story I think I've heard on here of saying, hey, I really wanted to open a brand and they didn't have it. So I had to go convince somebody to let me open their brand in my place. So the so for you guys that are listening, the you know as you're looking out there and you're thinking about starting a new brand, a new brokerage, jumping, don't let the fact that no one is in your city yet be what stops you. Like Lisa was able to to make some big things happen just by kind of going and asking and, and, uh, and really pushing her case. So the, so you started real estate kind of dabbling at 18, did your first transactions at 26. Now you're, now you're running the Christie's the, how many, um, how many agents do you have at the Christie's? How, how many, how many transactions do you guys do a year? Yeah. So we're, we're small boutique. Um, we're quality over quantity. We only take uh, full-time agents. Okay. Um, so none of this, you know, part-time this and that dabbling around. We only take serious full-time agents. So we're a small boutique team. We have, we have 11 really, really strong top producers. And our average agent runs about 44 transactions a year at an average of $22 million in volume, in sales volume. So, I mean, it's, it's a well-oiled machine. And actually, you know, so here we are on, on a Monday morning call. Every Monday morning at 8 a.m., we have what's called a pipeline call with our residential team. And we sit down and we go through agent by agent, what they have going on with listings, what they have going on with buyers, what they have going on with any renters, if they are working with renters or investors. And then we talk about what hurdles they're experiencing this, this week in particular, and the whole team chimes in. And I love that cohesion because 
it's, I feel like it's very unique, especially in luxury. You don't see a lot of collaboration, even if it's in-house, even if it's in the same brokerage, you don't see a lot of collaboration. And so we're very protective of our agent culture where we want to have team players on the team, even though everyone is a top producer. Yeah. So the, so you've got a lot of, a lot of rockstar agents over there. So do you, if someone is just getting into real estate, will you guys take them on as an agent and help train them? Or do you make, are you only hiring people that have experience somewhere else first? We absolutely will take on a brand new, you know, kind of clean slate, um, newly licensed agent. We actually just onboarded a brand new agent last week. Her name's Andrea Weaver. Uh, She came to us from the hospitality industry. Okay. Um, So here in Las Vegas, I mean, this is a full service city, right? Anything you want, white glove, five star, it's here in Las Vegas. And what I really like about Andrea in particular is that her background is truly customer service, right? Her background is in hospitality, food and beverage, and what she knows is customer service. What she doesn't know is real estate, and that's what we're here for. Yeah. What about, there's probably a big opportunity right now with, you know, one of the things that COVID has had happen, right, is hospitality industry has just taken the biggest hit, right? And and hotels. And there's great general managers of, of hotels and different hospitality industries that are out of a job right now. Or that aren't exactly. being you know, that are probably They're furloughed or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yes, what a great hire to be able to find some people like that and bring them onto your team, bring them into your business. And say, hey, you're already in the people industry. You're already in the problem solving industry. You're already used to people yelling at you and being happy with you and trying to, <laughs> yeah. to make it better. You have to be resourceful. You've yep. got skills. Like, come over into real estate. What a what a really cool thing as a transition. Uh, for somebody that has been in hospitality. I think now maybe there's going to be a lot of that this year because I know there's a lot of great hospitality talent. We've tried to figure out how we can get some of them to join some of our businesses to know, yeah, hey, they're, they're really good at running businesses. You know, What else mm-hmm. can they help with? Because hotels just aren't very full right now. The, right, uh, right. I flew to Phoenix for Thanksgiving and the the plane was only 25% full. I think that you know, we didn't wait in any lines. We went to go rent cars. It was like people are, are not really going out yet or maybe wait you know people were just not going out because it was thanksgiving and everybody said don't travel but i don't know i don't know how it's long canceled, it's going to take yeah. yeah i don't know how long it's going to take for planes and hotels to to get full again so the do you still right. do transactions yourself or is it now now do you just run your team so i i no longer do solo transactions myself of course i still have clients from the times that i i was working um and mm-hmm. so now what i do is i have um, some of our lead agents um if i need to be hands-on with the transaction and the client and, you know there's that relationship there where i need to be around with that client i'll be around but there's an understanding that it's done with the team and so for for me making that transition from agent or producer to brokerage owner. Um, my partner with the Elite Homes Christie's here, her name is Catherine Quo. She's amazing. And part of our partnership agreement when we decided to go into business together and, and work the Christie's here, I said, I don't want to be a selling owner because I know what that's like to compete against your owner for business. It sucks. Like, and, and yeah. you lose every time. Like, I know what that's like. It's really, really hard and it doesn't foster the type of environment that we want to grow. And so I said, look, I'm, I'm fine with taking a longer journey in scaling. If that means that I'm not working solo transactions, but instead are handing them out to our agents and backing them up and serving as their mentor. And, and really, I mean, frankly, I help with all the transactions, right? Like somewhere I have to touch everything. 
if I'm, you know, helping us obtain a, a listing appointment or if I'm there on the back end to help, uh, you know, with an open house, whatever it is, like I'm there to help support and mentor. And that's been that's been the magic formula for us. We've been able to attract top producers who are comfortable with that type of culture and realizing, hey, like this is an opportunity for me to grow and shine instead of having to be in the shadow of the owner of the brokerage and having to compete for that business. If someone cold calls the office because they want to work with Christie's. Right. And and all of a sudden the owner is the one who wants their name on the listing. That's not the case here. Yeah, that's a very, there are a lot of different, there's politics to real estate. There's politics to real estate teams and how it all works and the, and being able to create an an awesome culture. It sounds like you guys have done a great job with that. And that's how you can continue to grow. And, and even, you know, being able to have uh, agents that have been around a long time and agents that are new, uh, all kind of focusing on that, that luxury brand is very, very cool. Hi, Real Estate Rockstars, this is Aaron Amuchastegui, and I am so excited to share with you our newest head podcast sponsor, You know, and this is a company called Rent Ready. Rent Ready is a landlord-tenant software that has everything you need to manage your rentals from your phone or your computer. No need to be tech-savvy, download multiple programs, or hire a specialist. Rent Ready is easy to use for everyone, and if you do have a question, their customer support team is available to make sure managing your properties doesn't have to be harder than it already is. Rent Ready has a feature for every step of the landlord process. You can list your vacancy for free to Realtor.com and Doorsteps, find quality tenants with a full tenant screening process, send and e-sign leases right from the app, and track maintenance requests. Yes, there really is one app for all of that. Best of all, not only is Rent Ready easy to use with awesome customer service, but it's affordable as well. Get a subscription of Rent Ready for as little as $1 a year when you sign up for their annual plan using code ROCKSTAR. That, now that's crazy, a dollar a year, why wouldn't you go sign up just to see, even if you've got one tenant or want to try it with one of them? So that's right, you get a whole year of Rent Ready for just $1 when you sign up at rentready.com, it's spelled R-E-N-T-R-E-D-I.com, using code ROCKSTAR. So you were former Miss Nevada. Were you yes. former Miss Nevada <laughs> before you got into real estate? Like, so the. Yes. Mm-hmm. The- yeah. So I was, I was Miss Las Vegas 2013 and it, that was around the same time that I had onboarded with Sotheby's. Um, and then I won the Miss Nevada United States pageant in May of 2014. And it was just a crazy time. I mean, at the, at the brokerage office, uh, you know, everyone had to screen calls because we'd get crazies who wanted Miss Nevada to show them houses. And we were oh. like, no, we're not doing that. Oh my, so you, so you were, so you had just started in real estate in Nevada, <laughs> and it was like, so the, I could imagine that changing around. So they had to make sure people weren't just specifically asking for you. The, yeah, we'd have to screen them, right? I mean, you know, anytime we take out a buyer, there's got to be proof of funds or that they've got, you know, a, a lender letter that they're actually a qualified buyer, right? Not some like looky-loo who's like weird going to stalk me. So we had to yeah. take some precautions. How interesting you would, you know, people say, you know, it's, it's like you all of a sudden are famous, right? And that should really, <laughs> really help in real estate. But the, but it's, it's true that it, it doesn't always convert into uh into sales or even safety. How, how random. Right. So Absolutely. did your, did your real estate business blow up after that? Did you get, uh, after people were screened, did you get a bunch of people that you got to represent through that? Or was it, um, how did, I guess, how did being 
uh, former Miss Nevada help you or hurt you in real estate? Yeah. So, and you know, of course it was, it was helpful because there was that kind of initial like, oh, that's, that's intriguing or like, that's something that sets me apart. Right. But, you know, really, and, and I talk about this in, in a TEDx talk that I did a couple years ago, the real value I got out of that experience when it came to, you know, direct business relationships was the fact that I did nearly 500 community appearances. I was volunteering in schools, reading in hospitals, working with countless nonprofits, so guess what? I was out and about in the community, shaking hands and kissing babies and talking to people, right? So inevitably it would come up, oh, well, what else do you do besides this whole Miss Nevada thing? And then that was my opportunity to tell them about real estate and talk to them about investing. And, and it was just this really organic form of networking yeah. that came about because I was running around town with a sash and crown on, volunteering. Yeah. The, I bet the, what a, um, you know, and I bet... I bet all agents could take that a little bit to say like, there's just by being involved in your community, like you had a really yeah. easy, like once you, easy is the wrong word, but you had a, you had a way that all of a sudden you got involved <laughs> with a whole lot of different volunteers. Right away, right. Right away, mm -hmm. right. You, mm -hmm. you could instantly get in the door of many different places, but if people sure. are trying to grow their business or they're new into real estate and they're new into a community, the being able to just go volunteer and do outreach and finding the places where you can meet people. I think you're right that when you're out doing things to help people, the conversation happens. What else do you do? Like what else do you do other than, you know, help out and volunteer and get, so being involved in community, whether, you know, all sorts of different ways, being able to use that. I bet that's a good TEDx talk. The, so the, have you done a few TEDx talks before? Uh, no, I've only just done the one. Um, I'll, I'll email you the link. Great. And it was just, um, it was a really special experience. And I'm so grateful that I was able to uh, talk about my time with the pageantry because um, I think a lot of people don't realize, you know, with, with the pageantry and with these systems, you know, these women, they have a public service platform that they work on. And it's a lot more than just, you know, the photo shoots and, and some red carpet stuff. It's really just like anything, right? Just like real estate, you get out what you put into it. And um, I knew that I wanted to have a very impactful experience. And, and I did. I mean, I... I'm so grateful for that time in my life. And to this day, um, I still have amazing business contacts and relationships that I built, again, because I was volunteering my time. Yeah. Volunteer to create those relationships. So your first year in real estate, you're going back to your first year or two, how many, how many transactions did you do your first year? So my first year, I did just under 30 transactions. Wow, um, that's a really big first year. Yeah, I, it was a really, really hectic first year. And I teamed up with at the time, my former real estate partner, I had a previous real estate partner before Kathy that I worked on as a team at Sotheby's. And, and it was great because at that time in my life, I had already, I was already an entrepreneur. I had started Sin City Cupcakes uh, mm -hmm. back in 2012. Uh, Liquid and Lace had just gotten started my e-commerce brand. And then here I am saying, hey, I've got this pipeline of, of business and clients. I should also be getting some of that in real estate, right? So I did that and and it worked because I knew that I needed to team up with a full-time broker because I didn't have the bandwidth or the time or the energy to commit to it full-time. So I, I approached a, a colleague of mine and I said, I've got a great pipeline of business. I have clients that want to work with me and want me to sell their multi-million dollar houses. I don't have the full-time time and bandwidth that I want to dedicate to it. So can we team up? I'll split everything with you 50-50 and let's work everything together. And that's what we did. 
Yeah. What a way to grow the, what's well, smart too. It was smart to know your limitations at the beginning and say, Hey, I have all this, I have all this opportunity, but I can't really fulfill it. So can you help me fulfill it? And you didn't really know real estate too much yet. So it was. No, getting- I didn't. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like, get, get that experience, right? Team up with someone who has more experience than you. Yeah. So if you were going to give advice to people in their first year, so early real estate agents, you know, what were the, some of the things that you learned during that first year that the, you know, that maybe you were surprised or, or just that if you could go back and tell yourself now you would. Um, number one, you know, lean on your colleagues. Yes, of course, real estate is competitive and certainly in the luxury market, very, very competitive. But if you, if you approach your transactions and your client relationships with an abundance mindset, you are going to attract the same type of clients and colleagues who also have that abundance mindset. And so they're going to be down to collaborate with you. So don't be scared to lean on your colleagues and say, look, this is, I'm in my first year. I'm hustling. I'm reading everything that I possibly can. Here's a hurdle that I'm experiencing. How would you handle this? And you will grow organic relationships and build mentors around you and have that support system around you. So don't be scared to lean on your colleagues, number one. And number two, read. Consume as much as you can. Um, I was reading Inman. I was reading Wall Street Journal, you know, uh, Mansion Global. Um, I joined every real estate group um, on Facebook that I could find, um, you know, bigger pockets, obviously for investors, lab coat agents. I mean, I, I joined every group that you could possibly find just so I could read content. I could read posts and, and people across the country were posting about whatever hurdle they were going through with their client, right? And people were chiming in and providing insight. Oh, that happened to me six months ago. Here's what I did. And that's a phenomenal way to learn because you haven't experienced it yet. Yeah, that is some great advice. I mean, the two big pieces there, right? Ask for help for the people that are around because you would be amazed. I came from an industry where it was people didn't really want to share their secrets, right? Like the, you kind of needed that as your step up. If you found out a good way to get your job done, you weren't always going to tell people the secret, right? It was like job security. People used to think about job security a lot. And so, but real estate or investing in real estate there, it is a lot of growth mindset stuff that people are less afraid of that. If you ask, or if you do ask somebody, they want to help you, then maybe the next person won't be. That's how you create relationships. And, but most people that are really successful love telling people how they got there and they love kind of bringing people under their wing to help them. So being able to ask and then consuming content. I love that. You know, we do a weekly podcast. It's a state of the market where we take a lot of the Inman articles that are out and kind of dissect them, try to you know, help them right. out there. But people, yeah, should be reading all those Inman articles, listening to podcasts, doing the stuff, getting, you know, learning as much as they can about real estate, about, you know, you get to see, especially right now, it's been, it's been such an interesting time. What is, what has it been like in Las Vegas when it comes to COVID and real estate? So around, around most of the U.S. we've heard you know, really high demand, lots of houses. The agents that are successful are, yep. are incredibly successful this year. The agents that are having a tough time are having a, a really tough time. Are you seeing any shifts because of the hospitality industry stuff right now? Or has it been anything to keep an eye on? Yeah. So, uh, of course, a lot of demand, just like the rest of the country, we have low inventory and high demand because specifically here in Nevada, this is a state that has no state income tax. We have no corporate tax on the first 4 million of revenue in your company. So this is a place where people are fleeing high tax states like California, Hawaii, New York, but California in particular. California has always been a feeder market for us, but this year in particular, I mean, droves people are moving here in droves so that's been wonderful for the real estate market there has been a rise in rental defaults in apartments 
Okay. which has been interesting to read about. So on the commercial side, which Kathy, my partner, she heads up the commercial division um, that we have, you know, with that, it's, it's interesting because I think we will see some really great high value commercial pickups that will emerge maybe in this next 12 to 18 months. But when it comes to single family residences, um, the market is very, very strong. And the rental market is very, very strong, again, because of people moving in from California. I mean, we just had uh, we, we saw a situation recently where you had an owner decided to rent out, excuse me, bought another home, decided to rent out uh, this beautiful 7,000 square foot house, guard gated community, put it, at t- put it out for rent at $10,000 a month. And within the first week that it was publicly available for rent, he had three potential tenants call all from California, all wanting to rent it sight unseen. And there was uh, no negotiation on the monthly rate. I mean, they were just like, great, I'll take it. So interesting. The, you know, uh, maybe a month or two ago, I was talking about kind of the two different recoveries and how at the high end of the market, the finance industry has very low unemployment, right? Yep. Almost like they're, and, and so they're, they're the ones that are buying houses and, and really upsizing or the people renting those $10,000 properties. Sure. And the, so much of the unemployment is in the hospitality industry. So much of the people that work in hospitality do rent apartments. Yep. And so it makes sense that the, the, the defaults in apartments are going up. We're just starting to see defaults in single-family rentals in Texas start to go up compared, you know, since March. We've had the highest occupancy we've had uh, ever. You know, when, when, when COVID kind of hit in March, April, you know, we were probably 90% occupied. Now we're 99% occupied on 350 houses. And, but we're just now starting to see some defaults, some people starting to, to slip on rent for the first time since COVID kind of hit. Are there any talks in Las Vegas about extra stimulus to help renters and, and things that, that might you know, impact that? Or, or what do you think the long-term yeah. opportunities are? Well, so we are seeing some state offered programs because, I mean, Nevada, like many states, picked up a lot of money out of the COVID bills that were passed by Congress. So we are seeing some state specific and also county specific and city specific renter relief programs. But frankly, I mean, they're really targeted towards those that are most in need. If you are, you know, kind of middle income, it's it's tough because you may not be able to qualify because what we're seeing with kind of middle income renters is that maybe one person in the house has still been able to hold on to at least a part-time job because they can work remotely. You know, and these are households that have Wi-Fi, things like that, that, that oftentimes we take for granted, right? We complain about the speed of the Wi-Fi in our house, right? And yeah. yet there are households out there that do not have internet access, don't have Wi-Fi. And so that's where we're seeing the most need. Um, so you are seeing some programs targeted towards that. But, you know, unfortunately, I, I think in my just personal opinion, the best way we can help the community is by allowing people to get back to work. We can't, you know, be choosing the winners and losers of, well, this business is essential, so it can stay open. And this one's not essential, so you have to close. Let people work, let them work safely. And, and you know, put them in a position where they can try to provide for themselves and their family. Yeah. So, and that's, it's really interesting to hear what's happening in, in different markets. And I mean, internet is such a utility now, right? It, does, it, does, it, it seems like it needs to be protected just like water and electric is protected because the being able, I can't imagine functioning without it in this new world. You know, in this in this new world we're in, it's it's not an option anymore to be able to just you know to succeed. It's kind of a 
yeah, it's definitely more important than having a TV. You have a bunch of different businesses. So when we, when I look at your website, you've got, uh, you said the first couple that you started, Sin City Cupcakes, Liquid and Lace, Ship Las Vegas, your published author in Forbes. The, you even ran for Congress in the, in the you know, 4th District in, in Nevada. Mm-hmm. The, yes. if so, right now, we, this year we've been talking to all of our real estate agent listeners, and we've been focusing on how to succeed as an agent, but then also how to diversify. Because one of the things that we learned this year was, was maybe you need to have a backup plan. You need to have some other businesses, some other options. What advice would you give to somebody that is a full-time real estate agent that wants to be a full-time real estate agent, how they can shuffle and do more than one thing, how they could actually start a different business or be involved in another business. Like how do you balance your time? How do you have 10 different businesses that you, that you work in? Yeah. So for me, you know, my, my portfolio, my business portfolio is very diversified and I don't do it alone. So like, I guess that's the magic sauce, right? I okay. have strong operational partners in every single one of my ventures, including real estate. We have strong partners and strong teams and be diversified, right? Just because you are a real estate professional doesn't mean that your next venture or, or your side hustle or whatever else has to be in real estate. It can be tangential or it could be totally unrelated. That's okay. If, if there's anything I've learned this year in 2020 is that being diversified has been an absolute blessing because you can't predict what will happen. So what you need to figure out, dear listener, is what are you good at? What are your core strengths that are translatable and that you can plug and play into any other business? And so that's what you bring. That's the value you bring. And you team up with someone and you say, hey, I want to start a shipping store. Here are the four things I'm really good at. I don't know anything about shipping, but I do know about customer service and setting up processes and, you know, da, 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 right? And then you team up with an operations partner and then all of a sudden you have a business. Yeah. What a, that, that is some really, really good advice, right? The, the not doing it alone. It's so easy to get overwhelmed. It's so easy for a new agent to be listening to this and saying, oh, I can't relate to Lisa. She's got all these different businesses and the, I'm just an agent being able to say, no, the way that you've grown, it's not that you are actively doing 10 different businesses all by yourself. It's that no, you have, no way. right? No way, right? You have partners, you have people. I love that too, that you're like, Hey, I kind of want to get into this business. But, but I, and I'm good at this, this, and this I'm good at, you know, but I'm not, but I don't know what it's about. Can you help me run it? You know, that was one of the things, you know, the recent interview we did with Cody Sanchez, she was talking, talking to people about how to buy new businesses, yeah. see what's yeah, out there. Amazing. Yeah. This weekend I was looking through business, like this, a, a website, right? Like biz buy sell, like going through yep. like what businesses are for sale in Austin, Texas, just to see what's out. And there were some really interesting ones. And I said, and I was thinking, oh, there's, there's a good cash flowness. Oh, this is a business that I think is going to survive like this new world that we're in, maybe even thrive. This could be a good opportunity right now, or this is a business that's going to turn around soon. And then the next thing to think about has to be, and I, and I, start, and I wasn't thinking about, you start to go, yeah, but I can't really run all these businesses, right? But your answer is saying, no, you can find something like that. I go, hey, I think this, I think this tanning business is a good investment. I can work on the finance and I can do this, but I need somebody else that's actually going to, to run, run the day to day. And then it gets a lot less overwhelming. All of a sudden you go, okay, I've got a little bit of savings. I can do that. Very cool stuff. So back to real estate for a second. So now in 2020, if somebody is a new agent trying to get deals, right? So they're trying to get deals either as a buyer, buyer agent or or listing agent. What do you think the best way for them to go find these, you know, to get these new relationships now, like to actually get a listing or, you know, get a, get a buyer. Any ideas? 
work your sphere of influence. I see so many people like, you know, wasting money on Facebook ads and Zillow premiere and like all this kind of stuff. And, you know, when you're filtering through that takes time and effort to filter through all the crap inbounds that you're going to get work your sphere of influence. Um, Utilize social media if you don't already, but something as simple, get out your phone and go through the last 100 people that you have text messaged with. Okay. And you text them and you say, hey, hope you had a great Thanksgiving, you know, whatever's timely, right? Hey, hope you had a great Thanksgiving. I just wanted to share, uh, you know, an exciting win with you, you know, share something that you, I just sold this house and blah, 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 whatever you have to say, right? And you say, Please let me know if you know anyone that's buying, selling, or renting. And you just give them a quick, simple ask, even if they're out of state. And here's why that works. Because your friend who lives out of state, you know, has a cousin who's got a girlfriend that's moving to your city. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, it, it always works that way. It's always sphere of influence. And people want to work with someone they know. They want to work with someone they know, even if it's from a friend of a friend. That's still a warmer contact than Google, right? So use that sphere of influence and and you'll see the momentum happen really quick because once you get one, two, three positive responses out of the hundred people that you're contacting, by the way, it's a numbers game, right? Yeah. It will start to create a snowball effect. So do that. Go through your phone, text message the last 100 people that you just text messaged with and share a win with them and help them keep you top of mind. The I love that. I love that advice. That is such an actionable thing that all of our listeners can do today. And you can even put it in your calendar, do that every three months or every six months. The, it's such sure. a good point that your sphere of influence is just reminding them of what you're doing because someone is going to post on it, it, even if they're, you're right, in a different state, they're going to see a friend on Facebook saying, hey, I'm moving over to there. Yep. Yep. It happens oh, all the time. By the way, my friend's an agent out there. Let me know if you want to introduce mm-hmm. me. I was amazed like last month on Facebook, a friend of mine just saying like, hey, I need a real estate agent that's going to list my house for me. And I just need someone that's going to make sure to call me back. And like four days later on Facebook, he said, all right, I still haven't had an agent tell me that they can, you know, list, list my house for me and provide good service. And I was like, mind blown. Yeah. Like, that, that is still so crazy that that happens out there The for whatever reason it does happen. But that's a good, that's a good example that even if it was somebody's friend of a friend of a friend, they're like, well, hey, yeah. since, since you asked for a week and nobody, why didn't you ask my friend of a friend? Going through those top 100 and saying, hey, happy Thanksgiving. Here's a win. You know, by the way, just if you have anybody looking at a house, and I've seen that a lot, you know, and it is, it is truly a numbers game. Maybe 90 of the 100 are just going to say happy Thanksgiving back and sure. be... And agents are maybe sometimes embarrassed. They go, hey, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, drill it down their throats that, hey, I'm a real estate agent. But it is important because there are people out there saying, hey, I need an agent and people aren't responding. And like right. that, as, as unbelievable as that is, that's happening in 2020 in the age of uh, social media and the age of people wanting to find you know, new leads and new listings. So I love that piece of advice. Lisa, this has been a lot of great info for our listeners. The really fun stuff. I'm sure that a lot of them are going to want to go learn more about you. They're going to want to find that TED, that TED talk that you did. We'll put that in the show notes after you send that over to me. But if they want to figure out more about what you're doing, you know, get to follow up, what is the best way for them to see some of the other stuff they're doing or reach out to you if they want, if they have questions? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, LinkedIn, all under Lisa Song Sutton. Please feel free to, to reach out and connect. Um, I utilize social media as part of my daily routine. And I post a lot of, you know, not only what I'm doing in day to day, but I also try to share as much advice and actionable tips as possible. So please feel free to connect with me there. And I would love to just connect in general. I mean, I think anytime, going back to that abundance mindset, anytime that you can, you know, continue to share and collaborate and kind of cross promote, that's when everything, you know, is going to work out. That's when we all win, right? Rising tide lifts all boats. Yeah. Very cool. Well, I'm sure people will be reaching out to you. It might be about Christie's. It might be about real estate. It might be about trying to start that business and how to choose the right partner. But Lisa, this has been super valuable. I'm so happy for you that you're doing so well in real estate out there. And what a cool story to get to see you know, the transition that you've made and, and how you've done it. So thanks for coming on uh, and being part of Real Estate Rockstars. Thank you so much for having me. All right, Real Estate Rockstars, come back in a few days. We'll have, we'll have some more on. Hopefully you enjoyed that and we will talk to you later. Thank you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>